Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. The spiritual man is someone who has learned and is ongoingly learning to be under the authority of Almighty God, the King of all the kings and the Lord of all the lords. Before the spiritual man met Almighty God in the Lord Jesus Christ, He was a fallen, natural, carnal, and even a fleshly man who lived by his cravings and his desires and his lusts and his agendas and his own will and his own way and for his own glory. And in a way, the fallen man was under the authority of Satan. So whatever was Satan's agenda, that's just what the natural, fallen, fleshly, and carnal man did. But then he meets Jesus Christ. And in Christ, he is released from that authority figure, Satan. And he's released from the powers and the principalities of the air. And the spiritual man is being brought under Christ, under the headship of Christ, to whom now All authority in the heavens and the earth belongs. And this spiritual man now looks to the Lord for truth, to the Lord for comfort, for direction, for destiny, for purpose, for the Lord's will, for the Lord's kingdom, for the Lord's way, for God's agenda. All the while, Satan is not happy with this agenda. He lost one of his uh, faithful, devoted followers. And so Satan is coming back to gain authority in man again and wants to curse man and trap man and derail man and deceive man. Just as much as he did that for the man and the woman in the garden, he's doing it even to the Lord's people in this day. There's a constant barrage and an onslaught against the people of God to derail us from the authority of God, to derail us from the covering of God and the destiny of God, and to bring us back to same old, same old, and to bring us back to the course of this world and to the satanic age and to the culture. And therefore, there is a war And that's what this teaching is all about. It's a quick introduction to the spiritual realm and the natural realm and all of the hierarchical systems therein. And I kept it very simple. I did not go into all of the hierarchy in the realm of God, nor exactly the hierarchy in the realm of Satan. But you know that there are powers and principalities and there are positions of authority. So I just I skim over that to get to this point. A man and a woman who is in Jesus Christ, we have to live a life and ongoingly live a life. And we have to grow in a life and be intensified in a life that is under the authority of God and not 
under the authority of Satan. There has to be an exchange of authority figures in the spiritual man's life. You cannot say, I am washed by the blood of Jesus. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I am a son of Almighty God. And yet, Satan, through his authority, has a sway over your will and your ego and your ambition. There has to be a losing of the authority of Satan in our lives, the curses. There has to be a gaining of the authority of God and the blessing in our lives. And I trust that in this very introductory and very elementary talk, you would become aware that there is a war to to land you in one of two authority zones. The authority of God, the authority of Satan. And I would just say that it is incongruent with the heart of the New Testament scriptures that we are in the light, yet we walk in the darkness. And I hope this message encourages you to reject and renounce and repent and walk away from the authority of darkness if it indeed still has sway over your life. Whether you believe in it or not, there is a spiritual world and there is a kind of a hierarchical system in the heavenlies that on God's side is very positive and in another way very negative. There's forces, powers, principalities, spiritual rulers in the heavenly places that seeks to govern and manipulate what goes on on this earth. God has a vested interest in this earth and man being his testimony. Satan has a vested interest in this earth and man being an anti-testimony. God has an economy. God has a purpose. God has a vision. Satan has a vision. It's to oppose all of that. And whether we see it or not, there is a heavenly realm. There are powers and principalities warring over territories and over people. And you and I, we live on this earth completely unawares that there is a realm in which beings more powerful than you and I seeks to so dominate and manipulate and govern, twist, pervert the affairs of this earth so that everything in this earth is an anti-testimony to the Lord's purposes. And it happens to so many of us that we just go through this life, but we are almost governed by an unseen power, an unseen force. And it's almost like we think we're doing it, but we're the puppet on a string to a puppet master. And the powers and the principalities and Satan being the prince of the air seeks to bind you and I, the puppets, through several strings to his whim and his purpose and agenda. And so 
so many of us don't live out the full image and testimony of the Lord because we're refusing to cut the strings to our old puppet master. So what is deliverance really? It's to be cut from the influence of darkness. And that darkness masquerades not only as evil, it can often even masquerade as good. And you and I, so many of us, through circumstances and through parents and through events and through teachings, we are plugged in to somebody in the invisible world that manipulates my life, almost orchestrates my life. And one of the things that God is doing for us, and we praise Him for this, is that He's cutting you from the powers and principalities to which you've been yoked since a young age. And um, the Lord wants you free. And He wants you cut and reattached to Him. So, many of us get wounded at a young age. You know what that wound is? It's just a string that attaches you to a puppet master that makes you dance in bitterness for the rest of your life, that makes you run in fear for the rest of your life. And you are just a puppet to the whim, to the, to the agenda, many times of Satan that tries to do exactly the opposite than what God's agenda is. So these little wounds, these little lies these arrows, these daggers that get stabbed into you and I, these words that get spoken to us in a pictorial way, I just see it as little strings. And the more strings are attached to powers and principalities in my life and rulers, even the prince of the darkness of the air, the more strings are attached to his cause, the more you dance and maneuver and live according to his dictates. So here comes Jesus the Christ to not only forgive you from your actions that you've done wrong, but to cut you and I from the influence of the spirit world. Demons and devils and the satanic and to reattach us to God himself. So, you'll see a lot of things work in people and they don't have a clue what's going on. And uh, I thought right now would be the best time to explain to you a couple of things. How this attachment works and why you and I end up dancing, that is, living a certain way. And we seemingly get no breakthrough. It's because the strings are not cut. So I want to explain a little bit how some of these things work. And if you recognize some of these things in your life, it don't have to be a big old ordeal. In faith, with the sword of the Spirit, you cut. 
you renounce, you denounce, and you just move on with the truth. In the spirit world, there's a hierarchical system. And depending on where you are in the totem pole, or the pecking order, or the ladder, if you will, um, you are very much the victim or the victor. So let me sketch it out for you just a little bit. And of course, it's just a sketch, but I'm trying to show you a kind of a principle. Um, in the universe or in, uh, in everything, God is at the top of the pecking order. So the one with ultimate authority, all authority, is God Almighty. Are you with me? Under God Almighty is the created spiritual world. Heavenly beings, spirit beings. Are you with me? We have, um, of course, beings that are the servants of God. We call them angels, messengers, if you will, spirit beings. And they are positive. They are for the Lord. But they're very much invisible, serving the Lord's purposes. But in the heavenlies, in the spirit world, there's another created being. A created being, somebody that definitely had a start. And his name is Satan. He's an angelic being. He is a spirit being. He's, of course, under God, completely under God. You get this picture from the book of Job. Satan comes and petitions God for catastrophe in Job's life. So you see God is the authoritative figure. Satan is the underling. So this happens all in the spirit world. The highest authority, God, and under God, His messengers. And then there are some rogue agents, Satan. And about a third, we, uh, we, 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 we draw from uh, the book of Revelation, a third of the heavenly beings are on Satan's side. So literally war in the heavenlies. But then there is a dividing line between the invisible and the visible. So here in the visible world, man is at the top of the ladder. Man is the critter with the most authority in this visible realm. But above man is the satanic world, and above the satanic world is God. There is a hierarchical system. We do believe that even under Satan, there are all these levels and positions. Francois, what are you saying? Here's what happens. When you and I live in this world, we think that we're living by our own creativity and understanding, and we're kind of like making up life. But in John... 
it says the entire world lies within the grip of the evil one. Satan has gripped this world. When the man and the woman ate that fruit, they were no longer directly under the authority of God. They came under the authority of Satan, under the authority of the father of lies, under the authority of darkness. You and I are completely ignorant of the spirit world, so we live life on this planet. Clueless to the fact that you're actually a puppet on a string. Somebody is lording over you. You're nothing but a slave. And you think you're doing different things, but really you're under the influence of a heavenly being that's greater than you. When the man and the woman rebelled against God, they rejected God's authority, and in that day got cut from a direct relationship with God. And we came under the authority of sin and death. And Satan is holding the entire world in his grasp. That's what John says in his letter there. The entire world has been wooed into Satan's authority. So we think, I'm just running for political office. I think I'm just taking advantage of this and that. But really, above me, I'm being dictated and dominated over. I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm really the slave of Satan. So remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness? One of the temptations came to the Lord this way. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down and worship me. You remember that? I'll give to you what I own, this world. That tells me, yes, the world belongs to Satan. It was not created by Satan, but it's been usurped. Because man was supposed to be the testimony of God in this earth, Satan has become the testimony in this earth. Darkness is the testimony of this earth. Waywardness. Not the straight and the narrow. The broad is the testimony. And Satan owns the kings of this earth. And Satan pushes his agenda in this earth all day long. Since the beginning. So when he tempts you and I's Lord, he says, I'll give you all the kingdoms. I own all of this. It's under my authority. Just bow down and worship. Come under my authority like the man and the woman, and I'll give you the world. We don't see that Jesus says to Satan there, uh, excuse me, uh, you don't own the world. Jesus doesn't dispute any of that. Because it's true. Satan is the God of this age. Satan is the God of the cultures. Pushes his agenda through culture all day long. Through teaching and philosophy and education, everything, there's been an influence of the satanic. You and I think we write the clever books. You and I think we make the clever songs and the music. 
But behind it all, there's an authority that pushes an agenda. When you and I are born into this earth, you're born under that authority, whether you believe in it or not. So one of the things of salvation is to bring you out of that authority structure. That's good news. Not only is the Lord forgiving you regarding all the many things that you've done, but the Lord is literally cutting you from the authority of Egypt. This is Egypt. With its culture and its religions. And Satan owns Egypt. Lords over it. The puppet master. And you and I just dance. So how thankful we are for salvation. That my sins were not only forgiven. But I've been removed from that authority structure. And God is wanting to bring me directly. Not under a created being's authority. But under the uncreated God's authority. Y'all, this is magnificent. Satan facilitates into this world every possible thing that's anti-God. He facilitates into this world war. He facilitates into this world anger, lying. Uh, he facilitates into this world ego, sin, Death. And all of those things become so much a part of my being, my identity. Now all of a sudden, I accept Jesus Christ into my life. God comes with His own identity. God comes with His own agenda into this earth. That's why there's now a clash because Satan has so possessed you and I, owns you and I, enslaved you and I, and has created an identity for you, and an identity for you, and an identity for you, and God all of a sudden comes and says, uh-uh, I'm at odds with that identity. I'm at odds with that brokenness. I'm at odds with that sin. And God wants to facilitate His healing, wholeness, image, identity into you and I. That's why there's just war. Because, yes, your body still belongs to this earth and wants to be subject to the puppet master of the earth. But in your spirit, you belong to God. So that's why there's a war inside of you and I. Your spirit wants to correspond to the mind of God and the healing of God and the wholeness and the identity and the image. And your body still wants to be attached to the puppet master because your body has been trained by this earth's authority figure. That's why it's hard to get delivered. It's because there is a war to keep you exclusively tied down to the rhythm of this life and the identity of this life. And just the, the practices... And the, the, the rhythm of this life, yeah. And then God comes 
to give you a new kind of a life. And that's why there's such war in the souls of people. It's because two authority figures is warring for your ownership to possess you. So God is very clear. I bought you. I redeemed you. I purchased you. You belong to me. And Satan is like, no, you obey me. I'm your Lord. That's why Romans 6 says, we need to present even our bodies that belong to this world. Even our bodies need to be presented to God. The way that you presented your spirit to God. You need to give your body also to the Lord. So the body, soul, and spirit, you belong to God. But your body still very much is fallen and trained by Satan. Through his minions, through culture, through the age, through the philosophy and religions and traditions and customs and yada, yada, yada. So how do you get cut from that? How do we get free from that? Two ways. Number one, you need to constantly accept what the Lord says is true. That means you need revelation, understanding. And you'll see saints, mark my words, the more you're under solid revelation and shining, the more you'll become aware of the strings attached to the authority of darkness in you. But you won't know how much you're attached still to the old life unless the new life is revealed to you. That's why it's so good to constantly receive understanding as to what your new life in Christ is like. Amen! Amen. So, you need to accept that new life. Believe that new life. Receive that new life. And you need to agree that you're forgiven. Agree that you're purchased. And then number two, you need to reject. You need to begin to reject every single string as it becomes revealed to you. I'm still attached to what people think. I'm still attached to fear. I'm still attached to worldly pleasure. I'm still attached to ego. I'm still attached to ambition. I'm still attached to brokenness. As these things become clear, you need to declare war on it in a sense. I reject that. I'm done with that. And with that boldness, as you begin to denounce certain things and accept the other things from the heavenlies, that's how you walk out the authority of God in this earth. This whole battle for your life is to whose authority will you submit? Will you submit to the authority of light or the authority of darkness? Does this make sense? Yeah. yeah. You've been bought. You belong to the Lord. Amen. Your spirit definitely corresponds to the heavens, but your body still roams this earth and has been trained for the affairs of this world. So how do you become free from the affairs of this world? Well, you first need to get further, deeper light as to what God has done for you, who you are in God. 
And the stronger you become in God, the more you'll be able to reject the things of this world. So saints, how do you get free from certain addictions? Not by focusing on the addiction, but by focusing on the light. You can declare war on the addiction only to the extent that you have the light. So what a lot of folk do is we go to war on just the evil things in my life, the broken things. But you're not going to be cut from the authority of that unless you yoke yourself to the authority of healing. What the cross has done for you. That's why it's so important that you know what God has done for you. And that you accept that, agree with it, claim it, receive it. Then, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you live. You can't declare war on the deeds of the body. Because if you try to declare war on this world, well, this world belongs to Satan. And you are under his authority. He's a higher being than you. Does it make sense? That's why everybody who tries to clean up his own act, get deeper into it. You can't say, you know what? I'm going to try to clean up my world. It's not even yours. Belongs to Satan. You want to have a fight with an angelic being? I wish you all the best. You're always going to lose if you declare war on the issues of the flesh. By the flesh. Because your flesh is inferior to the satanic. Y'all with me? If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you live. So how do you walk into deeper freedom? By not just... You can't dig up stuff in your past and just focus on the issues of the flesh and sin and brokenness. If you do that, it's like you're fighting Satan with flesh. You can't. The flesh is never going to win. You can try to avoid your computer. You can try to avoid different things. And you, you fight this war through the flesh. You're going to lose. And, and by the way, all of you all have lost already. That's just proof you can't. So if I were you, I would not worry too much about how do I overcome this sin and how do I get free from, from that thing. You'll get free from it just as soon as you focus more on the Spirit. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how do you declare war on certain things? Not through the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't use carnal things to try to fight a spiritual lord over us. It's like asking an ant to overcome a tank. She's not going to happen. My little flesh trying to overcome Satan's authority. I can't. I can't. That's why God crucified you. To release you from that authority through death. But then He rose you up in Christ.
so you can be yoked to God's authority. This whole battle for deliverance is authority. If you're under God's authority, you will get cut from Satan so quickly. You've got to believe what God says with a passion. That passion will produce the power to reject the arrows and the darts and the manipulation of Satan in your life. Does that make sense? That's how we become free. The day that you got born again, you became free in the mind and heart of God. But you may not be free in your experience. So to become free in your experience, He wants you to believe. The more you believe and yoke yourself to God's authority and whatever God says about you, you take it so seriously. This issue, that issue, it, it, it doesn't appeal to you. It doesn't have fangs in you anymore. Make sense? So, I have a different perspective of how to get free from all this stuff. You just got to try it. I dare you to just keep walking with God. And you'll see spontaneously He raises up a standard against it all. He rejects it all. You cannot reject it. Because you are a man of the earth. So the things of the earth obviously appeals to you. Obviously. Yeah? You can't use earthly things to fight earthly things. Because the earthly is under the authority of a heavenly. So it's as good as warring against the heavenly. An ant against a tank. I had a friend come to me and said his son is caught up in all of this stuff. Which, which filter should I recommend? I'm like, you can, you can put filters all day long. A filter can't fight the satanic being of Satan. Do you think a human filter can fight Satan? How... Excuse me, hello. You have no grasp who Satan is. The God of this world. He said, I wish you all the best. The more you try to put up a law to not do this, the stronger sin becomes. He said, you want to destroy your son? Give him a filter. It almost sounds a little kooky, doesn't it? But there's a spiritual dynamic that we're just not aware of. You're a created being in a created world. Earthly stuff. You want to use those elements, the elements of carnality, to fight a heavenly being? It's just not going to happen. You need God Almighty in you to overcome the world. There's no hope for you and I to overcome this world through muscle. That's why the brothers, they keep failing because they focus on the sin. We're not giving you a license to keep on sinning. You've got to have just a shift in your perspective. 
You've got to take the hem of His garment. You've got to take God. Believe God. And the more you believe God spontaneously, the affairs of this world means less and less to you. So, what should we do to overcome this and that sin? I wish you all the best. If you try to be all clever, go ahead and create some vows. I vow to never. You'll break it in a year. Because that law that you put upon yourself provokes sin. You want to stir sin within you, put a law around you. You want to get free from sin? Get married to Christ. If by the Spirit you put to death, yes, God wants us to put the deeds of the body to death. He wants us to stop living according to the old man. Live according to the natural, of course. God wants you to be free in all those things. But the way in which we go about it, very few of us tap into it. So my encouragement to you is, when you marry Christ, and Christ gets a living in you, He will clear the past in your life. And His authority alone can overcome Satan, not your authority. But if Christ is in you as a lifestyle and as reality, He cuts the strings to the satanic every single day. Hallelujah. So now I can live in this world, yet I'm not of this world. How do we overcome this world? Well, 1 John gives us the answer also. Faith in Christ. The more you have faith in Christ and live in Him and He in you, the more you overcome. Blessings and curses. Let's talk about curses, the negative first. How does it work? How does a curse take an effect on you? How does a damning word become such a thing that governs the rest of your life? How does such a, uh, a negative word at a young age almost like alters the trajectory of your life? Here's what happens. I want to use this chair and I want to use this side of the room here just as a visual for you here I am little old me I'm just a tiny little boy my authority level is very very low I'm at the bottom of the ladder as a kid that's why many of us we carry these wounds from a young age why because you're impressionable you can be taken advantage of kids can be manipulated kids are naive and rightfully so. Kids are innocent. That's why everybody takes advantage of the kids. Because his authority, even in the human life, there's an authority level. There's a pecking order. So let's just pretend, here's Francois, little kid. Let's just say I'm five years old. An adult comes to me. Let's say a teacher. Let's say a parent. Let's say even a brother obviously has a bigger stick, more authority, 
And he speaks to little Francois. You're nothing. You're not going to make it. Which kid is going to tell his parents, no, I will make it. I am going to be a success. Kids believe whatever is told them. Why? Because of the weight from this authority figure that gets shoved down that little boy's throat and mind. They're so impressionable. Like clay, you just stick your finger and the clay is dented. Soft clay. Until we get older, we get all hardened. Ugh. So what happens is, because my authority level is so low, anything with a greater authority, positive or negative, will have a huge influence over me. If somebody looks at me with an authority uh, of age and wisdom, and they say, you are stunning, you are going to make it, amen, I'm going to make it. It's like we become whatever we're told, so to speak. Through those words, and through that authority, a kind of a cage, a kind of a goal, a kind of a destination is projected out there in the future. The authority figure does that. He links me, the person of lesser authority, to a destiny of failure, success, healing, brokenness. If I believe that authority figure, then you'll see spontaneously you're linked to that destination through your faith, through your believing. Francois, you're going to become nothing. You're a washout. You'll never amount to anything. Uh, okay, uh, okay. And you find yourself walking to that destiny. What carries you to that destiny? The view and authority of somebody greater than you. That's how we curse people. You go there to Africa to the hut, you pay a couple of carrots and potatoes and the witch now needs to curse somebody. You know when that witch throws that bones around, the chicken bones and the blood and the liver and the kidneys and all sorts of stuff and spit in it and there's some fire and there's some explosion? That's all just to intimidate you. There's nothing in that. The reason they dress up weird and feathers and chicken bones and crocodile teeth hanging off is just to intimidate you to believe that they've got authority. You come there like, oh, okay, the witch doctor, you know. So he chants a mantra, throws his eyes back into his head, slimes out of his mouth and speaks in weird tones and whatever. That's all just a show, a horse and pony show to grab your attention. So now we're going to curse somebody. All that happens is we believe that lie and that lie even goes out into the spirit, alerts all the hosts of wickedness. This is the destination, the cage, the entrapment that we want for this or that person. Lo and behold, you add your faith to that witch. It's double faith. The demons add their task now to it, and poof, they go to town on somebody. That's all that's happening. It's a struggle for authority. 
It's a struggle for authority. That's why some of us just grow up losers. I don't want to be a loser. But I've accepted the stabbing and the wounding and the authority of somebody that I at one time either believed or it was forced upon me. You believe that and then you walk towards the future that they see, not the future that you want. That's why many of us live lives we don't want. And we're like, how did I get here? At one time you believed somebody. Authority. At one time you believed somebody. So how do you get free from those things? It's so easy. You believe somebody else. Then you walk towards the destiny he has for you. So some of you were told at a young age, you can't. And then you just said, okay. I guess I can't. Then you walk towards, I can't. Now you're in the trap of, I can't. You're like, how do I get here? Then they go, see, I told you so. You're cursed. You're under a force that has created a path for you that you don't want to be at. But at one time, you believed what that teacher said. You believed what mom and dad said. That authority, even your culture, you believed. When we molest this boy, chances are that boy becomes a molester. When I speak a wounding word to her, she eventually speaks wounding words. It's like we become what is projected for us. And imposed upon us. What's going on? You are under the authority of something. And you can't get free. Can't get free. That's why we take our lives. Because we want freedom from this cage I'm trapped in. And the freedom comes when we believe the truth of God. Here's God's version of an otherwise very negative situation. God is an authority figure. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the authority of authorities. I love you. And when he says that, and I believe God loves me, it sets a trajectory for me to trap me in the world of love. And I'm here, and I believe that all things work together for good. I believe that I'm more than a conqueror. I believe that God loved me in Christ Jesus, that nothing can separate me from God, let's say. I believe that authoritative word spoken over me. Guess what? I live a life in the love of God. And yes, height and depth and powers and principalities, they come all day long, but they have no Hold in me, no authority, no claw that they can jab into me because I'm under the highest authority. A curse is an authority that links you to a destiny. What is a blessing? That's why we bless people. You're awesome. Just believe me or else believe God. And you'll walk towards the land of awesomeness. Satan all day long uses people and culture to curse you. Curse you. Make you less than what God intends for you to be. 
robs the identity, steal, kill, destroy, removes you from the sacred, the holiness of God. And He uses men and women to speak to you, culture to speak to you, and create a kind of a destiny. And you walk towards it, you get there, you realize, oh, I hated being here. How did I ever get here? Well, you believed yourself to that end. Takes two to tango. The curse and the cursee. People may speak things over you, but you still have to believe it. So how do you reverse all of those types of things? You renounce it. With the same intensity that you believed it, you reject it. How do we get blessed? God, the authority, speaks to you. Healing, wholeness, deliverance, freedom, identity, beauty. Saints, you better believe it. He'll link you to that destiny because of His authority. But yeah, you got to tango with God. you got to believe your way into it. So, Francois, you're talking about positive thinking. Why not? What's more positive than, than the blessing of God? So, don't worry so much about your sin. Just confess it constantly. Forgive those that at one time spoke into you, say, I release you, your words have no more weight. Pull that arrow out by the, by the name of Jesus. Don't send it back. Just crush the arrow, throw away. Release the people. And then at the very same time, they may have said this, that, and the other. Lord, what do you say? Then you get the body of Christ around you and let them prophesy over you. Let them speak into you. And then you believe. Y'all need to learn to begin to say, Amen. That is, let it be so. I agree. Let the redeemed say so. Say, you all need to begin to learn when people pray over you, when you read scripture, learn to verbally, let your spirit get a voice. Amen. Yes, I agree. The more you have that attitude of agreement, you're tangoing with God, the more you walk towards His destiny for you, which is good and pleasing and whole. And, amen. <laughs>